NemosNewsNetwork.com. Breaking the cycle of fake news. Welcome back, my friend. This is Dustin Nemos of the Nemos News Network, where we continue to break the cycle of fake news. Now, I'm joined by a special guest, my friend Pete Santilli from The Pete Santilli Show. Many of you already know him. He's a tireless truth fighter, and he sacrificed a lot in his career exposing corruption and evil. Now, we're going to talk about some of his uh, warnings to America. He's got some ideas to help us to stay prepared for any kind of uh, badness or uh, shenanigans out of the left coming into election season. So, Pete, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your, uh, your warning here. I want to let you kind of uh, lead the way here. You know what you want to talk about. You have three specific things. Let's dive in. I, I do. Uh, and it's not just to be a, you know, a political pundit, uh, you know, on the curb to criticize President Trump and have us all just observe President Trump. We need to be actively, number one, aware, and number two, actively involved in dealing with the three things that I think are the most critical going into the election season. I'll rattle them off and then we can have a conversation about each. Number one, sure. I said that Silicon Valley is participating in election meddling. The left has always complained about Russian election meddling. We need to be very alert uh, uh, with uh, Silicon Valley's election meddling that's going on right now. As we get closer to the, the election, more people are going to be paying attention. Well, they've set the stage here since um, the midterm elections to just delete any political opposition. So Silicon Valley needs to be contended with their election meddling. Number two, the mail-in ballot fraud is a huge thing. Uh, now, both of those two things, you'll notice that President Trump is very actively involved in contending with Silicon Valley mail-in ballots. And the third item is really critical because uh, I believe that if we're not aware of what it is that we're seeing in the streets, I'm calling it a communist insurrection. Uh, by calling it a communist insurrection, sometimes they can cause people because, you know, we're generally defensive people. We're not going to go to the inner city and Go stand in front of a, you know, I don't protect shoe stores, you know, in New York City. Uh, I protect people. We're generally very, very defensive of our people. But we sit at home and we watch this going on. This is a communist insurrection. We should not be sitting at home, though. We need to know that we totally outnumber this small group of people that are attempting to bring chaos, especially as we get closer to the election. Be fearless. No, we outnumber them but know exactly what it is. It is a communist insurrection. Those three things we need to be in tune with. Like the mail-in ballots, for instance, what can we, the people, do? Get involved in your local precinct. Become a poll watcher. Uh, set, you know, set yourself up to get yourself properly educated as to how we document potential voter fraud going into the election because there's going to be legal challenges. So my message is not necessarily to President Trump, but to uh, my fellow Americans that we need to be supportive of President Trump's efforts to tackle those three things as we come upon November 3rd. I have to unmute myself. I've actually got a little pen that I got from uh, poll watching in North Carolina. Um, oh, did you really? Oh, wow. Yeah. So I keep that as like a souvenir. Um, it was a volunteer day and they, they barely pay you for it. And I stood there for 12 hours plus. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I think I, I helped make a difference because it was in a contested area of a contested state during oh, yeah. the 2016 election. So, Definitely, uh, people need to get out there and uh, be active. I think that's what this truth movement is all about. It's not about staying at home on the sidelines. That's great advice. Um, you know, do you have any other specific suggestions? You know, uh, President Trump's hired. I just heard from um, 
uh, from AG Barr that President Trump has hired 600 attorneys to deal with the election. Well, what are those 600 attorneys going to do? They're going to collect information, and we need to be the eyes and ears. So you need to get properly trained. You can't walk up to you can't walk up to people and intimidate them and say, "I got you on camera. Are you a legal alien?" You can't do that. Yes. You must get yourself properly trained, and you need to preserve the integrity of the evidence as well. You want to make sure that you're doing cross your T's, dot your I's, get properly trained as a poll watcher, as an observer, or somebody that's going to work with these attorneys. That way, when we bring legal challenges, you're not some rogue operation out there with, with the camera. There's a proper way to do this, and you need to get yourself properly educated. Um, it doesn't yeah. require a rocket scientist. Somebody like me, you know, dumb as a box of paper clips, can go out there and just follow the proper procedures, follow the laws. We don't want to be intimidating to any potential voters. We just want to observe and report, and that's it. Any anomalies, the attorneys know exactly what to do with it. You know, I did an interview recently with uh, Peggy Hall, who uh, she actually was able to overturn a mask law, and she made a point uh, that coincides, I think, with what you're saying, synergizes at least. We also need to put our public officials, especially local public officials, on notice for some of these things so that later we can point to the exact moment where we know that they knew about this corruption and they should have been better prepared to change it. Why didn't you change it? Because you had the notice, you had the knowledge, you can't claim ignorance later on. And I think that's a, an important part of setting this up for, for later too, because clearly they're gonna muddy the waters of this election. Oh yeah, they, and you know, uh, just this past weekend, President Trump uh, highlighted uh, when he signed those executive orders, uh, basically providing you know, COVID relief to the American public in the form of, you know, unemployment payments and stuff like that. Well, we found out that the left, the reason why they've been holding it up, President Trump indicated that they wanted to eliminate voter ID. You can see that they're softening the battlefield. They are totally set up with the mail-in ballots that they're sending out to dead voters, dead cats, you know, they're just mailing stuff out. It's a very insecure system, but they're softening the battlefield and they're setting it up for the potential for fraud. Well, what do we do? Well, each state in their jurisdictions, they control uh, those, um, those election commissions, for instance, uh, are controlled at the local level. That's up to us to make connection with, uh, with our local precincts, get properly educated, be observers. Uh, but we don't want the federal government uh, per se, just controlling you know, an election. That becomes dangerous as well. It's better to have the authority and the power spread out among the states and the precincts. We just need to be actively involved, especially in this election. I believe it's the most important one of my lifetime anyways. Like Project Veritas, you know, says be brave um, sometimes, even if it takes holding a camera. I don't know exactly how they say it, but cameras are a powerful thing in this election as well. You can catch people have caught election officials committing open, uh, you know, fraud. They've, they've caught them helping people and illegally vote. Um, yeah. And we now know these, what, 30 million plus uh, extra uh, papers have gone out there. These, um, uh, what do they call them? Uh, the, the voting um, ballots, ballots, the ballots, the, the, the mm -hmm. voting ballots have gone out there. So they have a glut of the ability to cheat within the system. And now we're catching them in places like New Jersey getting busted with oh, yeah. uh, dumping Republican ballots in the trash or helping to, to, in various different schemes to, to rig it for the left. Yeah, now, now see, uh, I was in the military, I was in the Marine Corps, and, uh, and I actually, I've done absentee ballots. I was in Okinawa, Japan, and you requested in advance. You have a person, I've verified in the military, uh, I request my ballot from my jurisdiction, 
Uh, my name goes to that, and then it's securely placed back. Now, now picture this. Mailing ballots to everyone on your voter rolls, nobody's requested those. So you basically, unless you have your voter rolls cleaned up, you're just mailing out all these ballots. Well, that leaves the potential for fraud. But President Trump has highlighted that the absentee ballot system is much more secure because you have a human being who's requesting their ballot. You can verify that they're, you know, they're, they're a living person. Sorry about that. I just dropped my water. Uh, they're a living person. They're a, uh, a legal citizen. Uh, and IDs are, are not a bad thing. You need your ID to get on an airplane. I mean, what are we going to say all of a sudden uh, to use the excuse that we don't need uh, voter IDs when we go check in for our, uh, our plane flight? Are we going to say, well, I'm a voter and you can't intimidate me by asking me for my ID? We have IDs. Uh, of course, we don't want to box somebody out that maybe can't afford to get their ID. Um, you know, there are indigent uh, circumstances like that where we could uh, certainly, you know, provide if you can demonstrate that you can't afford to pay for your ID. We'll go ahead and make sure that we verify your identity and your citizenship and we'll get you an ID. So many different ways around it. They are setting this thing up on November 3rd to cheat, period. It's the only, way that, the only way they can compete is because their ideas suck so bad. Sure. And, and I'm yeah. not big on like show me your papers kind of governments with, with various documents required. But on the other hand, the only privacy the Democrats seem to respect is that of the illegal voter. Isn't mm -hmm. that interesting? That now, is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you mentioned their ideas are terrible. Um, let's move on to some of your other points. We, we've got uh, a number of things that are facing us in this election. I will add to that, by the way, for those who are facing sort of pessimism now. I'm not pessimistic. You know, the day after the midterm elections came through, they started to enact the counter-espionage, counter-intelligence assets to watch the elections in case of foreign interference and such. So, that's why we're seeing them sort of push this mail-in ballot because it's the only way left they can cheat it. You know, they're, they're really limited in their options now. They can't pull off another 2018. So this is their one path, and I think it's easy to stop. What do you mm -hmm. think? It is. Uh, it's very important. I, I also believe uh, two things. I've always said that President Trump, by being the commander-in-chief, has access to the NSA database. I also believe that with the Department of Homeland Security, they have access to the controls with the uh, electronic or the, you know, the Diebold uh, voting machines as well. So they don't have access to that. The other side doesn't. And that's why all of a sudden there's been this big shift to say, oh, we're going to go with mail-in ballots. They've even exploited, we'll say, if not manufactured, the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic to cause the environment to where, well, we... We have no choice. We have a pandemic. We have to do mail-in ballots. Why? Because if they do not win on November 3rd, they're going to be finished for the next 50 years. And it seems as though China has been um, at least accused now, potentially, of putting in millions of these fake ballots that would be very uh, close to the real thing. They could flood our market with it. And oh, we, yeah. we know, you know, even Pelosi now admits recently that they would prefer Biden so uh, how far are they willing to go to interfere in this election? And that's, you know, to the point, I think a lot of the money coming in to the Democrat Party, suddenly they're no longer bankrupt. Suddenly they're making more money than Trump and fundraising is mm -hmm. from the BLM. And a lot of that is probably being uh, funneled through from, from outside organizations like Soros and China. It's not pretty. Two, two more super important points. The CIA has practiced election meddling in other countries for decades. Number two, voter fraud is not only very prevalent, it's not a conspiracy theory. If you go to the Heritage Foundation's 
uh, website and look up uh, voter fraud, Heritage Foundation. I've looked at the indictments. I've seen the DOJ um, uh, uh, indictments and convictions for Democrats that have vo voted multiple times. They've committed uh, voter fraud, signing off on, on voter rolls. So this is not a conspiracy theory. It's very real, uh, but it's even more important that we identify it and clean it up uh, in this up upcoming election. Now, with Silicon Valley um, censorship, you know, mm -hmm. we've seen President Trump address um, a couple of these issues in tweets. We've seen him do a couple of executive orders now. Um, we're starting to see the slow wheels of justice kind of begin to move. But, you know, mm -hmm. is it going to happen before the election? Is it going to be meaningful before the election? That, that's the real question. You know, I'm involved in, in trying to organize a class action lawsuit to stop mm -hmm. censorship. But yes. are we going to be able to do it before the election? Probably not. That's not the way the system works. So what do you think will happen? Uh, this is what I think needs to happen, must happen, is that we as a people must recognize that it's very real, uh, that your stream of consciousness on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter is literally fake. It's absent uh, half of everyone's opinions. They're trying to delete everybody. But here's what our options are. Um, I frequent, uh, let's say, the cue boards, untainted. I grab information, and we the people have to share this information, and that is what the Q movement is all about, is getting information and sharing it and becoming part of the Grand Awakening. We cannot be an information consumer anymore. We need to receive it, um, uh, process it, and then educate ourselves, and then share it like crazy. Guess what? We can go right around the mainstream media and right around Silicon Valley. We really, you know, obviously they, they control, um, want to monopolize the flow of information. It's really important that we identify exactly, or they need to identify exactly who they are as a utility, providing, you know, the conduit for the free flow of information. But you know, that, that argument uh, uh, in the courts is going to be settled later on. For now, what do we do? Just go right around them. We have to share information. Um, do not back off of Twitter. If you get deleted on Twitter, set up another account. Get out there, share information. Uh, Facebook, of course. Uh, there's a lot of additional platforms. Parler is, uh, is an up-and-coming one. Um, we've actually built uh, with Range Broadcasting, uh, where I broadcast my show, and I'm also a partner on uh, in certain aspects of it. We built our own video platform so that if they delete us, we can still live stream on, uh, on eVault. So, Find these other platforms and do not stop sharing information. We can go right around them. We don't need the mainstream media. Look at what we do. Uh, we don't believe what's going on at 6 p.m. in the evening news. We, you know, we go to the internet for our news. And that's why they have to delete half of the information that's out there. And I will add that they have been a little triggered by Parler lately. Um, they do not want these popularized alternative platforms to compete with things like Twitter. And uh, they've been attacking it, the fake news, just the same way they do with Q movement. They, they ridicule it and make fun of it, call it a haven of right-wing trolls and Nazis and everything else that's bad in the world. That's and fake news. That's just outright fake news. And I think everybody recognizes that. And you said you had a, you have a third point about bringing up the Insurrection Act. Yes. Yep. Um, serious. And I, I kind of agree with you. I think that's, it's radical, but it's necessary with what we're facing, a coup d'etat. Yes. If, if, if you did not see Mark Levin's uh, just happened last night, this is Monday. For those of you listening to the rebroadcast, this is Monday, August 10th on the, 9th, 
um, Levin, Mark Levin did an interview with AG Barr and he spoke of something that is much bigger um, than, than just uh, politics. There is this conspiracy and he, he hinted towards this. Antifa is extremely well organized. The mainstream media is complicit, okay? We have right now a communist insurrection that is very organized. And guess what? It's, not, it's nothing that started organically. The oldest branch of uh, Antifa is Rose City Antifa in Portland, Oregon. I've been studying them for years. Um, th this organization actually came from the Europeans, the black blockers that have been all over uh, Europe. George Soros has funded those. Those organizations in the European Union uh, and those other areas were for the specific purposes of destabilizing some of those other countries. That's why George Soros was involved uh, out there. Now they're employing these tactics by supplying um, uh, their ground forces with Antifa and Black Lives Matter uh, for the purposes of creating chaos and destabilization. This is to overthrow our government, period. I mean, there, there is a U.S. Code 2347, I think it is, uh, for advocating for the overthrow of our government. He hinted in Levin's uh, interview that uh, essentially they're investigating these people and Obviously, they would be investigated for the purposes of, you know, charging them potentially with a, uh, with a conspiracy to overthrow the government. That's what we're contending with. And they're doing so by force and by violence. We're seeing it in the streets. Look what happened in Chicago last night. Very well-organized looting and rioting in Portland, now Chicago. And, and we've seen these tactics used before with the Weatherman Underground. We've seen this plan uh, in the slow march through the institutions, forcing itself onto our children and education and yeah. it's not been a big secret or anything that they've been talking about. Even Bernie Sanders' own staffers were caught. You remember that Project Veritas video talking about okay. putting us in a gulag or putting yeah. us up against the wall to shoot us, man. And shoot. like you're facing serious communist Black. overthrow. Black Lives Matter has not only been out in the open, but uh, you can go to the Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement and take a look at their manifesto. The title of their manifesto is Burn Down the Plantation. They're specifically talking about about using force to overthrow us. Now, is it about President Trump? He's it's just about any president. It doesn't matter what president is in place. They don't like our system. They're anti-American. They're anti-capitalist. These are communists, and they're attempting to overthrow our government. Um, president Trump, of course, needs to, you know, uh, as the uh, chief executive, to recognize what it is, properly investigate it, invoke the Insurrection Act, because we deserve to be protected from these communists. I've got to say, like, from a logical perspective, he's absolutely within his right to do that. It's time oh, yeah. for force in response to force. But in the optics, do you think it's time to stop? Because he's always been on the defensive. He's always been very gentle. They've always sort of tried to handcuff any action he can take that was uh, in reaction to what they're doing with the fake news and the optics and the smear. And, and they're ready in case he does you know, they've got people out there with their children in some cases between them and the police. They're waiting to try to get that kid hurt on camera to blame the, right. the tyrant, right? And have another right. Kent State moment. So are we ready to go? Do you think America and the world is ready to go from withholding to spanking the child, so to speak? I, I think that, um, uh, and A.G. Barr also covered that in Levin segment. I strongly encourage you. We actually covered it in this morning's show because it was yeah. that important. Um, these quote-unquote peaceful protesters are being used as propaganda tools as human shields. Same tactics that they use with the Palestinians in the Middle East. You got Hamas mingling among them. 
but they use these peaceful protesters as shield shields. The me, mainstream media is wanting to get their imagery. They've got their shot list. They know what to get. Um, they suppress the violence uh, and the vandalism, of course. Uh, and then they feature and highlight, you know, the moms of Portland out on the front lines. That tactic alone is part of the insurrection. Using the mainstream media is part of uh, the insurrection. They're propagandizing the public uh, to gain sympathy for the advancement of their cause. So do I believe that we're ready for it? I believe that President Trump has operated with restraint, and he's basically allowed some of these Democratic uh, mayors and governors to hang themselves. And, and here they are asking for bailout money you know, for the mistakes that they made in Minneapolis and, and in Portland and Chicago. Um, but he will, as we get closer to the election, he'll say, you know what? You're refusing to quell the violence in Seattle. You're refusing to quell the violence. I have an obligation to protect the American citizens that are in those jurisdictions. Somebody is asking for help right now. There's business owners in Seattle, business owners in Portland. Enough is enough. We're talking about billions of dollars in damage uh, economically and uh, with, with the amount of damage that's, uh, that's been done, you know, from the, um, the burning down of the plantation, per se. Are we ready? You know, uh, I would say that um, uh, they've caused us to be that ready. We have no choice. We have to defend, uh, defend our country, defend our fellow citizens. I, I agree. I think that, you know, firm, I like that he recently came out and said 10-year minimum for these people pulling down statues. And now you're seeing some of those soy boys go on press conferences okay. and cry about it because they were involved mm -hmm. in it. And, and look, you're involved in ringleading violent uh, movements. That's, that's a very light sentence. Some countries would just kill you. Some countries would put you in hard labor. China would put you in labor camps the rest of your life if you tried yeah. to lead an insurrection against them, if they didn't organ harvest you and throw you yeah. in a, a mass grave. So, you know, th th this is a pretty lenient, as you said, he's, he's shown a lot of restraint so far. Um, I, I hate to see it. I hate to say that these, these brainwashed college kids need to spend some time in prison, but um, there's space. They've let out all the prisoners. The mere, the mere threat of imprisonment for taking down a statue should stop the statues from coming down. Um, uh, invoking the Insurrection Act, uh, because I'll tell you what, you can't, you can't even be on Twitter. Um, uh, USC, I think it's 2387, 2487. 2387, which is advocating for the overthrow of the government. Um, when you invoke the Insurrection Act and then you're participating with helping to propagate that false narrative about the, the peaceful protesters and we got to bring the system down and overthrow Trump, you, you cannot do that. That's advocating for the overthrow of our system. Let's identify it for what it is. It is a communist insurrection. It's right out in the open. You can read their, their Antifa manuals and their revolutionary abolitionist uh, movement manuals. You can see the Project Veritas videos um, are very clearly indicating what kind of tactics they will use, violent tactics. You know, the Bernie bros talking about doing whatever, you know, by any means necessary to overthrow us. We must defend against that. Uh, and in other countries, we've helped other countries defend their countries from communist overthrow. And we do so by carpet bombing communists. You know, why would we allow them to get away with what they're getting away with, especially Right in front of an election is really important. They're trying to sway an election through the chaos, and we need to stop it. Well, so here's my next point then, because of what you say there. Um, in Portland, they're asking, I think the mayor is asking Antifa to stop because Trump is using it in his campaign videos. 
is mm-hmm. helping President Trump. You're, you say they're digging kind of a hole for themselves or hanging there. Um, do you think that it's going to go underground if he does this, if he does invoke, uh, you know, he, he's at least using um, federal agents at this point, federal police to, to defend federal property and at least make arrests in some cases. If he really cracks down, so to speak, do you think they're just going to go underground and start doing smiles during the day and bombs during the night, which is basically one of the strategies of the Antifa and the weathermen underground? You know, and I'm not talking about federalizing local law enforcement, but if he invokes the Insurrection Act, he has certain resources available to him that you get these, um, uh, let's say, Portland uh, police officers and say, we need your resources and we're going to enforce federal law. We've invoked the Insurrection Act. Here's our little curfew. Antifa's not allowed out there. Uh, we have to have that level of security and use local law enforcement to do that. We don't need, you know, federal goons out there with... Uh, you know, as, as they were described in Portland, that, that's propaganda, sure. by the way. Um, uh, but there are plainclothes people uh, that are mingling, you know, uh, amongst the, uh, the protesters and they're gathering intelligence. We need to gather intelligence. President Trump has, has spoken of that. Uh, we need to identify who, who these antagonists are. And I'm especially concerned right now about the next level of violence that will come. And that is with guns. Gun violence is, as we get closer to the election, I believe that they're going to uh, potentially uh, activate those. And they've been distributing, uh, they've been distributing guns and you're seeing more and more guns, you know, in Texas, yeah. uh, and in Portland. I'm concerned about that. So he needs to, him, he needs to preempt guns. it. Do you remember that, that shipment of guns that was busted coming from uh, China to Florida and they had like a shipment of gun parts coming, oh, yeah. thousands of them? Like what's going on with that and how many did we not catch and where are they stashed and what is their plan to distribute them, you know? Exactly my point. And I'm glad that you followed that as well. Exactly my point. There were two separate shipments. They send parts to different areas and then they assemble them in another area. And it came from China. So what are they attempting to do? You know, their frontline troops right now are Antifa and Black Lives Matter. By any means necessary, as we get closer to the election, they cannot afford to lose on November 3rd. Now, Here's one last point that I want to make. This thing's not going to end on November 3rd. Regardless of which direction the, um, the, the election goes, one side's going to be real upset. I'll prove it to you. Look at the left. They're still upset about 2016. Can yeah. you imagine what it's going to be like, right? Well, can you imagine when they lose in 2020, how upset they're going to be on November 4th? What the next four years is going to bring? So yeah. I say we need to give President Trump the political support to say yes. We, as a matter of fact, why aren't people from Seattle saying, President Trump, we need your help. Come and liberate us. You know, why don't we have the local jurisdictions requesting a President Trump to yeah. invoke the Insurrection Act? Yeah, on a please help basis. us Trump rally just 20 people out there. That's all they need. And, yeah. and the, the pretext to move. But, you know, yeah. on the other hand, with these, um, you know, these, these violent Antifa ready to act uh, when, whenever, I guess, they're called. Because I think if they lose, when they lose, really. They're going to be disenfranchised. They're going to be more ready, not less, to do violence. Um, and if we look back to some of their historical heroes, like Mao or the Bolshevik Revolution, which Antifa mm-hmm. seemed to like, they, they, they look up to that. You know, they wear the Che Guevara mass murderer, racist, anti-Black t-shirts. Mm-hmm. They, they glorify violence in the name of, and this is the key thing, in the name of stopping the bad guy. Now that's the difference, but they label us as the bad guy. We're the Nazi, we're the Hitler, we're the evil because of whatever, politics. So, you know, they feel like they're the good guy in this. They're the underdog. They're the hero in this story. Right. 
and they're overthrowing the, the tyrant. Now, they'll be the first ones that get probably killed afterwards if, if this actually worked and they were uh, successful. That's usually yeah. how it happens. Mm -hmm. in, in yeah, and they're doing Russia, all of that in a fascistic kind of way, aren't they? Yes, they are. They're, they're are. saying they're anti-fascist and they're yeah. acting as fascists. In, in Bolshevik Russia, when they took over, everybody knows the story of Anastasia, the, the Russian princess, and how she mm -hmm. disappeared, and, and they looked for her and everything. What, they, what really happened in that story is uh, the, the communists took over. They, they slew the family of the czar, which was like the king at the time. And I'm not saying he had a perfect situation, but it was still kind of a largely Christian nation. It was not a terrible, evil, like despotic situation. But it was, it was moving from feudalistic over to... Uh, communistic. It wasn't from a, like a capitalist situation. This is sort of like early communism. They didn't necessarily know that it was evil at the time, so whatever. But they slew the family, even the children, the women, everything. And then they, they mass murdered like 80 million people by starvation in, by the way, in the breadbasket of, of mm -hmm. Europe, essentially, over there in the such, with the, where it's easy to grow food. They still starve them to death. Mm -hmm. um, if this is their heroes, and, and I, I bring all of that context because now they're planning a 50-day siege of the White House, and now President Trump is saying he may have to disappear for a while. We may not see him again for a while, and he may have to go somewhere other than the White House because of this siege. I mean, you know, do you think that they're really going to try to, to take him out pre-election? Oh, especially with what he just did last week. If you take a look at it with the, um, uh, the FBI rating the, uh, here in... Um, uh, in uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, Ohio, the Russian oligarchs that were uh, money laundering private bank. Uh, it's, it's not a coincidence that he was at Whirlpool standing in front of a bunch of washing machines uh, because the money laundering that has gone through the Ukraine that Rudy Giuliani has been investigating, their entire house of cards is about to, is about to come down. They will become very desperate, and they are very desperate right now, um, the last person to do such a thing uh, to the establishment was John F. Kennedy. So I'm sure President Trump's very well aware of that in Secret Services. Is President, President Trump still in Bedminster right now? I think I, so. I don't know how long I'm planning on, on being there. But, that should but. be the number one indication. And yeah, I understand yeah. that uh, the, the whole staff was thinking, bye-bye, bye-bye, President Trump. We'll see you on Zoom from the bunker. Yeah, uh, yeah. So something's going on there. He's there. I think they're going to protect him, uh, but the deep state wants the super state wants him bad right now because he's he's doing exactly what they they get feared most. So so yes to that point, it was seventeen boxes. Interesting because that's kind of the kind of I don't know if that means, but um, if he's going after some of these oligarchs, civil asset forfeiture or taking some of that money, that's going to red line in his hand. Powerful players. players. Oh, I mean, can you, can you imagine as they forensically uh, start tracking all the money, as they have, Rudy Giuliani had whistleblowers out of the Ukraine, and that spun off to many other countries. This is a worldwide web of corruption, money laundering, and, and black money to fuel the, you know, the Central Intelligence Agency through human trafficking. It's going to, one thing is going to lead to the next, it's going to lead to the next. So, you know, may God bless the United States of America. Uh, I believe President Trump is doing the right thing every step along the way. And you know what? We can't just watch him. We need to be very supportive of him. We need to be very protective of every single one of our zip codes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right down to our zip code level. So.
truer words spoken. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I want to add, add, I don't know if Joe Biden might be listed in the criminal indictment, but he's probably going to be wanted, wanted in Ukraine. You know, Joe, Joe Biden, I don't know how Joe Biden can ever uh, escape accountability with, uh, with his fingerprints all over what was going on in the Ukraine. I really can't see that happening. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to find out uh, how far uh, Rudy Giuliani's information had gotten. I've, I've been following the overthrow of the Ukraine, getting all the way back to 2012-13, uh, when Victoria Newland was involved in helping to overthrow it. I did some of the best investigative work. Eric Scaramella sat in a seat right beside Victoria Newland, who just so happened to be part of the Ukrainian telephone call overthrow in the White House. That Eric Scaramella was involved with the overthrow of the Ukraine. Joe Biden was right in the middle of that. He's been, he's got his fingerprints, fingerprints all over the corruption and the money, money laundering. I mean, that was their, you know, that was their playground for running money through the Ukraine. How Joe Biden is going to escape accountability, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Yeah, and the American people deserve to, to hopefully get some of that, some of that all that foreign aid that we've funneled to places like and Biden and others. Billions of dollars in theft from the Ukrainians and the American taxpayer. Joe Biden's fingerprints are all over it. So, yeah. All right, Pete, thank you so much for your time. Um, I think we covered everything. Everything. That was a great conversation. Did we miss anything? That was great amazing. conversation. I, uh, you know, the, the just one thing that I really want to encourage is that uh, I'm, I'm not a political pundit that's saying that President Trump should do X, Y, Z. That's not my message at all. My message is to at least just educate my fellow Americans and say, let's, let's lock arms. Let's do this thing together. Let's share information. Uh, the greatest power that President Trump could ever have is an aware, awakened, and fearless population of we the people. It's true. We're here. All right. Where we go one, we go on. So much, Pete. Thank you for your time. Everyone, everyone please let everybody know. Everybody find all your websites as well. You know, uh, I, uh, I would say that my website, the best way to find our live streams is PeteLive.tv, but I'm encouraging everybody. I've got this thing called Operation Gyro, G-Y-R-O, and it's basically to provide enough centrifugal force here within the next 60 days to just go right around Silicon Valley, right around the mainstream media, get on my email database through OperationGyro.com, uh, and also text messaging, and you and I need to have a conversation about that text messaging is what um, Brad Parscale recommended from the Trump administration's uh, campaign. Said, we're going to go right around Silicon Valley through text messaging. And that's when I started my campaign. So text RANGE to 50597 to stay in contact with us. And we need to build strong alliances in this regard to go right around them. We've got a short period of time to do it, but I believe we can do it. All right. Pete Santilli. Pete Santilli. Thank you so much. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed. We'll see you next time.